ಶಂಕಚಕ್ರಧರಂ ದೇವಂ ಕೃಷ್ಣಂ ವಂದೇ ಜಗದ್ಗುರು ಕೃಷ್ಣಾಷ್ಟಕಮಿದೂಣ್ಯಾಂಪಾಪಂಸ್ಮರಮೇವನಶ್ಯತಿಮಯೋಗ remember where we're at we're up to 317 what are we talking about what's krishna talking about uh, let's see we can start with uh reciting this and it all it all causes the need to remember what we're talking about ಸಂಚುಷ್ಟ್ಯಾರ್ಯತೆ ಆತ್ಮನ್ಯಸಂಚುಷ್ಟ್ಯಾರ್ಯತೆ But for the one who derives repose from only within one's own self for the one who attains utter satisfaction from within one's own self whose joy and contentment arise from within one's own self for him a sense of duty is not known interesting you know repose means basically like rest you get you you can re gain your composure like repose gain composure gain your, your composure so like when you get rested then you you can regain your composure again when you get exhausted you can't maintain your presentation so repose rest uh so but for the one who derives right so there's something he's re- referencing from the previous one so uh the people who who live indulgently to please their senses for those people right they live in vain 
you're talking to somebody and you you want them to like you in the back of your mind or you want to impress them uh, you're indulging in some way like some some agenda indulging your your senses uh, like uh, I mean we come to the yoga mat especially when we're younger it's very common it's very very uncommon people that are not coming to indulge themselves trying to be able to do leg behind the head better trying to do handstand better and they're getting uh, they're trying to squeeze their some some thrill and excitement out of doing the poses better and not not attuned to what's happening in the body we're just thinking so much about being able to accomplish the pose accomplish the goal that the mind is convinced they're interested in guilty <laughs> and i was very driven to be able to get through third series and you know went to my soul uh, uh so that, that's about indulging here or self-indulging just trying to do something for your own your own psychological uh, happiness. Mm -hmm. So those those people, I, those things that we're looking for, that we think are you know are going to make us happy, and we get the next pose, and then it's like, well, I need the next pose after that, mm -hmm. or or you get injured and you can't do the pose anymore, and then you're upset, you're depressed because you can't do all kinds of things, you know, your your job or anything that's external. So that's why they say you live in vain because you're not really finding anything that's long lasting, that's satisfying and long lasting. It's a continuous, once you have it, the, the new iPhone, then the next iPhone comes out and you feel the same way you did before last year when you didn't have the newest iPhone again. So it's it's a vain, vain pursuit way to live your life. So Krishna is saying, but the for the rare exception, the person who's who can go within to derive repose only from within one's own self. So when you're you need rest, like normally, like when we sleep. We, we, we go inside to get rest from our, our mind because our mind is too busy. Uh, so that's like rest from our ignorance. Uh, but in this case, we're talking about you, it's not uh, gaining rest, get, get, being able to recompose yourself or refresh yourself. Uh, through, through a meditative connection by going inside and recharging your battery. So, and actually, the the reality is, you know, people. This the more you're able to reconnect with yourself internally and recharge your battery, like you were saying last week, you can sit for a half hour mm. and recharge. Yeah. So, the, that's why 
when you, the more you meditate, the less you need to sleep. This is this is this this uh, principle. You get you get your repose rather than from going into a heaviness where the mind is becomes so heavy it shuts down. So you get rest from your your never ending blah 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 blah. You know by uh, putting your giving it opiates, putting it to sleep. Right? You get rest from it by turning it in on itself, meditating and connecting with your source inside. And actually more restful. Or it's a rest, it's a different kind of uh, recharge. When you wake up from the sleep stupor of sleep, you're groggy and it takes time to snap out of the stupor. But when you come to from your meditation, you're not in a stupor that you takes time to recover from. Yeah, you're you're automatically ready. Yeah. Uh, so he calls that atma rati. Rati is the uh, I forget what it was. Repose. Yeah, that's the word. In the dictionary. So, uh, also like gaining satisfaction right? rather than looking for satisfaction from the iPod. I mean, the iPod. I'm so old, I said iPod. <laughs> from, the, from your iPhone. iPods were before iPhones. You know, iPod it was just like a, a device like the size of our phone. But it only was for storing music. And then we plug our headphones in. Yeah. yeah. And then we could carry like so many CDs worth of music on our iPod. Yeah. And if you had an adapter, you could plug it into your car and run yeah. it through your car stereo. Yeah. Instead of having to carry all your CDs. Uh, now I have all my music on a cloud service and I have a player that streams from my own music from my, my own cloud school. So to attain outer satisfaction from within one's own self, uh, we can either pursue fulfillment externally or through worldly things or internally through our own inner divine uh, Atman, our own life energy, our own consciousness. External satisfaction can never last always has a limit, uh, no matter how smart we think we are. That's one of our big problems, we think we're smart. We think we can outsmart the system. <laughs> we think uh, this time, yeah, I won't get sucked into such and such. Yeah, I'll be able to enjoy it and, and without getting uh, attached. Yeah. Uh, no matter how smart we think we are, right? The externals are always, it's a temporary thing. The only way to attain the, the lasting satisfaction is through cultivating through meditation. I think like actually, um, well, last week or the week before, when I had one of the, the verses was on if you cherish the devas, then the the devas will will in turn cherish cherish us. Or if we look after, we take care of, we we devote our actions 
in service to the devas, to that's meant by cherish. Then in turn, they'll do the same for us. And then uh, the commentary was the devas are actually also our senses. And uh, I was thinking about it like every day. It's like uh, the meaning is becoming richer and richer and richer for me. Like, uh, like our life energies, our devas, like the devas are said to live in our body. And so for the more attuned we become to the life energy in our body, and the more we become attuned to serving, to take care of, right? If I eat this, my life energy goes down. If I eat this, my life energy stays clear. You know, we become sensitive to these things, right? Then the the return that the Krishna says that they'll take care of us, right? They take care of us means like we we get to enjoy the experience of having more vitality, more clarity from nourishing the, the energies. Chanting too. Chanting. Chanting is a sound. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely it's such a kind of pranayama. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's because like just like the asanas, it's an exercise. So you're you're waking up your vitality and exercising your vitality, right? So use it or lose it. You know that expression? You have that expression in Korean? Use it or lose it. If you don't exercise your ability to do something, you it will atrophy. You'll lose that ability. Yeah. So. The chanting is like a pranayama, especially you know when you're you're using your voice and your lungs and your your bandha to generate the sound. So it's strengthening all your life energies in order to generate the sound. You know? Plus the sound, plus the the devotion that you feel because you're very devotional. You know your heart is in it, so your mind uh, surrenders to it more of that so in a lot of ways you get benefit from the chanting physically emotionally uh and as you said you're you're alluding to spiritually also right like which kind of means maybe beyond what we can describe it's another kind of benefit that it's hard to hard to express in words Uh, so the one who derives the repose from within one's own self, the one who attains utter satisfaction within one's own self, is joy and contentment arises only from within one's own self. For that person, uh, what's it say? The, 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 for that person, sense of duty is not known. Right, correct. Yeah. So Tasya, his work, the his obligatory work, cardia. Right? Uh not knowing. He's not aware, he's not thinking like, oh, I have all these responsibilities. Because he's 
he's constantly recharged from within himself. So he doesn't need to be concerned with whether he's overextending himself because he's, he's getting his repos from within himself. He's not, doesn't need to worry about whether he's, uh, about his likes and dislikes, his preferences, the things that, that cause him suffering and aversion because he's, he's only getting his contentment from within himself. So anything that happens outside that he's doing for the purpose of nourishing uh, the world or, or the life energies, he's not thinking about it as like, oh, what's going to happen to me? Or what about me? I need to take care of me. I need to self, what's it called? Self-care. So he doesn't, his sense of duty is not known. Uh, for him, sense of duty is not known. Only, only freedom, right? So, uh, the previous one that the arrived, Krishna uses the same exact phrase, Atmanyeva Chasantushtaha. Uh, uh, I think it was in the second chapter. With only within yourself, you get your. Or it was at me actually Atmani Eva Atmana with the Atman in the Atman. You get the, the happiness. The same idea, almost the same place. Uh, and so when your happiness is that established, then uh, very easy to give. What was the thing you were talking last week about how do you know when you, if you're giving too much? That question came up, didn't it? <laughs> Good question. And then like our Western or our modern philosophy is you know, we have to be not, don't give too much. Don't be stupid. Don't give away all your wealth. Don't, yeah, there's a limit, yeah. To the wisdom of giving uh, there's a so there's a difference between uh, uh, the western and the, the, the yogic or the buddhist uh, sentiment towards or wisdom towards the giving but you can only give within your capacity to give you want to, you don't want it to be too artificial. Uh, so this whole thing in in three seventeen is based on being more connected with your atman. Right? You get rest. You get uh, refreshed from your atman. You get uh, what was the second one? Uh, um, you get, uh, oh yeah, satisfaction. Uh, oh yeah, and the word for satisfaction here, tritas, means satiated. You know what satiated means? Satisfied? It's like completely over, 
overflowingly satisfied, satiated. Like it couldn't possibly be more satisfied, any more satisfied. It's the there's no more room for more satisfaction. You're satiated, completely filled up. So the Atma Triptaha uh, has the capacity to be that much satisfying. Uh, and so, and that's, you know, that's what gives you the position to be able to give, or at least to be able to give without uh, ulterior motives, which is very difficult to not be thinking anything in the back of your mind about when you're helping somebody <laughs> or uh, like the other ego that will go through like when somebody needs help and your first reaction is like, oh, I'm busy. And then you're like, no, 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 you should help. Do the right thing. And so you, you sacrifice your, your feeling of rather just be lazy and sit on my barrier and we get up and help. Uh, no? Sometimes with your kids and, and housework and things like that. Huh? Yeah, needs to be done. Yeah. So we constantly are shedding, shedding like, like I would rather just uh, take a nap. I would rather just uh, check my phone some more or post post more photos on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, but people need to, need help from us. Yeah. Happens in the yoga room. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanna go close my eyes, lie down for a minute <laughs> or go make another coffee. <laughs> but people need help with their, in their practice. So yeah, so uh, it's a practice for me. So, set aside my <laughs> attachments to recognize when it comes up to practice giving, giving, giving. Oh, so what, what uh, uh, I wanted to remind you with giving of, in terms of your question about how do you know about the limit for giving, right? So this is important to keep in mind. I have to also not forget, um, giving isn't only material. There's other ways to give besides money or with your labor, with your body. You can give with your mouth. You can give wisdom or knowledge, information. Like the street person, you can tell them about the shelter around the corner where they can get um, in from the elements and and uh, free meal. Lord. Yeah. Oh, that was those two. She is. Yeah. Oh, she's studying law, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. And there's one other way of giving. There's three three types of giving. The other one is is comfort. Somebody has anxiety yeah. or fear, you're able to help soothe and calm and subdue, dissipate their their anxiety. 
with fear. So we call it the, the giving of material, which could be your body, labor, you lend a helping hand and money or money. Uh, and the giving of dharma, you can teach, you can point things out to them, you know, to help them see a different way. That's the best huh? That's the best and uh, the giving of fearlessness is the third one. Uh, fearlessness is maybe more more profound than dharma um, in some, in a lot of ways because that's what, what what holds us back from being able to make progress is fear. So. If we have fear, we won't be able to actualize and step into the wisdom, the Dharma. We won't be able to make progress with the Dharma. So the fear is the fear, giving of fearlessness to help somebody make the jump to improve. You'll be okay. Yeah, you'll be you'll feel better <laughs> when you let it go. Don't be so attached, or don't be afraid. Nothing's gonna happen. When your ego dies, it'll be a relief. Trust me. <laughs> uh, so, I, I there's a little note here: pravritti and nivritti. Uh, here, let me back up. So. When we think about our minds, uh, from a Western perspective, we usually forget that our mind is, is a manifestation, it's a matter, it's material. Uh, so it's governed by the laws of activity, just like the atoms and, and uh, everything else. Right? The mind is active. It's a, a manifestation of creation. Uh, so, but the mind is, is unique in the sense that you can direct it either towards act, more activity, like more materialism, or you can turn it backwards and you can turn it towards less activity. So we call that pravriti, uh, like proaction, or nivriti, negating action. Uh, so which basically is external or internal. For for the for the beginner yogis, right? It's uh, nivriti is bringing the mind in back in towards its source, looking for a source. Right? And then our uh, it, the activity diminishes. Um, the final act is likened to the river, right? The, all this activity, the river is flowing down. Both the water and the river is flowing. It's very active. The mind is very active. But once it reaches Atman, becomes in contact with the ocean, its sense of being uh, identified with the activity of the river, like I'm the water, like going through over all the rocks and around all these bends in the canyon on my way down, and I'm rushing down, and now I'm in a in a flat part of the river, so I'm going slowly. I have all these different characteristics of the river. 
But once that water that's in the river reaches the ocean, it's no longer at the river anymore. It's ocean. So now it has the identity of the entire ocean. Instead of the only just the identity of the river going down. Uh, so by turning the mind in and things calm down, go we can approach this uh, final act. So that's uh, uh, it's reading, you know, the Yogananda, uh, Bhagavad Gita, and uh, is I found it interesting that he he keeps referencing the beginner yogi. Uh, the beginner yogi, we have to set the right example because these things are important for the beginner yogi. Uh, so th there's the higher philosophy where you're attuned to oneness. And then there's the philosophy that for the beginner yogi who's not yet attuned to oneness. Uh, and Sri K. Patavi Joyce, Guruji's definition of yoga and yoga mala, is is this same principle in this uh, verse? Yoga is the method of establishing the mind in the self. Uh, also, it's the state of being established in the self. But for most of us, we're the beginner yogis, right? So, where it's the method to help you become more established until you're able to make the final final leap. Uh, ready? Okay. Naiva tasya kretain artaha na kretaine hakashtana naiva tasya kretain artaha na kretaine hakashtana Nachasya sarva bhuteshu kashti dartha vyapashrayaha Nachasya sarva bhuteshu kashti dartha vyapashrayaha Naivathasya krite nartaha Nakrite neha kashtana Nachasya sarva bhuteshu kashti dartha vyapashrayaha naiva tasya krite nartaha nakrite neha kashtana nachasya sarva bhuteshu kashti dartha vyapashrayaha such a person has no purpose to perform any no such a person has no purpose to per perform any action nor to not perform any action neither is such a person reliant on anyone or anything so he's describing this person who is established in the self in the atman this person has no Purpose, such a person, as explained in, in the previous 317, who is established in the Atman, uh, has no purpose to perform any action, no desire to, 
know, our desire is typically the driving force behind actions. But such a person is already satiated. Triptaha, Atma Triptaha. It's fully satiated. Couldn't possibly be any more satisfied than they're already satisfied. So, uh, so desire is not the motivating factor like for a regular person. Uh, so he has nothing to gain, right? No purpose. It means he has nothing to gain. No purpose to perform any action. There's no reason. Nothing to gain. Uh, nor not any, nor to not perform any action. Usually we have some kind of aversion uh, or we don't want to do something because we're afraid of a loss that will accrue by doing that. Uh, or we just plain don't like it. Uh, so we have you know, reasons that prevent us from doing some things. But, uh, but this person's already full. They get their, their repose, they're recomposed, they're refreshed from within, they're satiated from within. They only derive their contentment and their joy from within. So there's nothing to, to nothing to lose either. It's like pornam ada pornaminam. You take the whole thing away from the whole thing and they still feel completely whole. Right? Like that. Pornamada pornamidam pornamudachate. So the whole thing still remains. Yeah, even if they give everything away that they have, they still feel like they still have everything. Uh, so such a person is neither re reliant on anyone nor anything. They only rely on the Atma within. This person feels completely content and whole within, so requires nothing. Thus, there's no seeking or dependence on anything for any reason whatsoever. Arjuna is going to ask later in the book uh, for more explanations about the, how the enlightened person behaves and acts. I think there's some descriptions in the second chapter also. Uh, number 19. Tasma dasakta satatam karyam karma samachara Tasma dasakta satatam karyam karma samachara Asakto hya charan karma paramapno tipurushaha Asakto hya charan karma paramapno tipurushaha Tasmad asakta satatam karyam karma samachara Asakto hyacharan karma paramapno tipurushaha tasmad asakta satatam karyam karma samachara asakto hyacharan karma paramapno tipurushaha Therefore, always perform what should be done without attachment. 
because by performing duties without attachment, people certainly attain the supreme. You have to look like it's your first time. It's always a it's new, always new every time. A review. Yeah, I think it's my one fourth review of Bhagavad. Oh. Yes. Ah. Ah. So always perform your duties without attachment. The first phrase. Without attachment means right, you're not seeking your satisfaction or joy from things. But you mean you maintain the cultivation of Santosha. The contentment you you consciously try to derive your happiness for no reason at all. So just practice being happy. That's uh fake it till you make it. <laughs> they get happiness from within that Atman, only by the Atman, within the Atman. Uh why? Why should we do that? Because Krishna says What's Krishna's, what's the, the bait? What's the sales pitch? Because you attain this. Oh, you want the, you want the Sanskrit. Param, the best, the ultimate, Param. Like in English, we have the word uh, paramount means the supreme, the best, the ultimate, paramount, param. Atnoti means you get. So purushaha, like people, oops, what happened? Uh, 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 so that's the sales pitch, right? This is the method to obtain the supreme, the ultimate. I mean, to be satiated by your own self. That's like the ultimate. Sounds like the ultimate to me already. Yeah. So he's, he's reiterating the same point. Uh, that if you want to uh, develop these, I don't know how to get it backwards. I'm going to make sure that this is good. Sorry. Um, if you want to get it, it's established in what we just talked about in 317 and 318. This is the method, perform your work and try to purify yourself of the attachments that you have behind it, which is like what I was explaining. Like I might feel like, oh, I want to go take a little break and have some coffee, but, but there's things mm -hmm. that, that need to be done. Right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so, uh, so I surrender. Because uh, I set Kara, I believe in the method. I can feel it's liberating when I give up my my little short-sighted uh, attachment 
and and give. I feel like the more I do it, the better I get. The easier it comes, the more energy I have. That's my experience. Uh, should I read the the Ramakrishna story, or go to the next one? You read the story. So the carpenter's wife. I don't know why he he chose the carpenter. Could be anybody's wife, but uh, maybe to make it like ordinary people, because you know in the old days carpenters. You know Jesus was a carpenter. Carpenter is a common job. It's still a lot of people in construction work nowadays, right? Let's see, two forty, page two forty. How are we to reconcile the worldly entanglements and engagements with spiritual detachment? Right? That was the question that came up like uh, last week or sometime before. Like, we're supposed to karma is the cause of bondage, but then we're trying to use karma as the means for liberation. So how do we how do we reconcile that? Getting entangled in things uh, and make it spiritual instead of uh, uh, causing more ignorance, more attachment. See, so he wants us to look at the example of the carpenter's wife, the housewife. The housewife busies herself with all um, all the all the practicalities of the house. You know the word sundry, sundry. Some old English term. I don't really know what it means, <laughs> but basically, yeah, she busies herself with all the practicalities of running the house. With one hand, she pushes the patty to, to be pounded in the mortar to grind the rice. And with the other hand, she, she suckles her baby. She's pounding the rice and she's nursing her baby. <laughs> At the same time, she's haggling with, uh, you know, haggling, bar yeah, bargaining with a customer for the flattened rice that, that she's going to sell. In the midst of all these activities, her mind is on the hand pushing the patty so that so that she doesn't accidentally hurt it. Mm -hmm. right? Cause she's got a, a mortar and a pestle, I think, right? That's what they have, like a grinding stone. And so if she's not careful, she's gonna <laughs> be in a world of hurt, right? Rolling, pounding the rice. So even though she's haggling and she's suckling her baby and she's taking care of the rice, she's she doesn't become mindless of, of the, the dangerous activity of pounding the rice because she doesn't want to risk hurting her hand. So likewise, Ramakrishna advises us, do your worldly activities, but in the midst of them, keep the mind focused on the Lord. Because that's the dangerous thing to get. You get caught up and you start forgetting right? not to become attached not to go chasing after things, not to be, not to start seeking your fulfillment from these things that are temporary. That you you have really no, you don't have full control over these things on the outside. So deviate not on any account from God from the godly path. Uh, easier said than done. Huh? Like the example for me. Uh, 
ಲೋಕಸಂಗ್ರಹಮೇಪಸ್ಯಂಕಾರ್ಹಸಿ ಲೋಕಸಂಗ್ರಹಮೇಪಸ್ಯಂಕಾರ್ಹಸಿ ಕಾಡ್ಮನಾಯಿಸಂಸಿಸ್ಥಿಕಾಚನಕಾದಸಂಗ್ರಹಮೇಪಸ್ಯಂಕಾರ್ಹಸಿ ಕಾಡ್ಮನಾಯಿಸಂಸಿಸ್ಥಿಕಾಚನಕಾದಸಂಗ್ರಹಮೇಪಿ ಸಂಭಾಷ್ಯಂಕಾರ್ಹಸಿಂಗ್ uh maybe let's read the the next two before we we break down the phrases uh whatever the best person does that alone common people follow whatever example he presents the world adopts Arjuna there is nothing in the three worlds that has not been done by me Krishna nor anything unattained that may be obtained yet still i shri krishna engage in actions Arjuna if ever i did not engage in work tirelessly people would in every manner imitate my way uh so we go back uh with 19 i think uh janaka yeah uh this mm-hmm. 20 so only through karma yoga janaka and others king janaka and others achieve spiritual perfection therefore keeping in mind the welfare of the world you should also engage in karma yoga so through karma yoga uh what's karma yoga mean yoga by action and but there's no. but then we just get more attached uh without uh seeking reward yeah without action. seeking exactly so that's the quintessential aspect when you're doing put yourself into doing things that need to be done whatever you see that needs to be done forget about yourself and do it that's the the quintessential uh method of karma yoga practice of karma yoga so that's the way kings like janaka 
and others achieve spiritual perfection. Didn't the king just suddenly enlighten the crown of the on the horse? Yes. Is that different? Close, king? close. No, that's no. the same king. Yes, same yes, king? same oh, king. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So your story is a yeah, little a little bit uh, okay. yeah, his guru. Who was his guru? Oh, that was uh, Ashtabhakta. Yeah, Ashtabhakta. Uh, oh. Yeah. So King Janaka, right? Yeah. So he was uh, always very keen on listening to the philosophy of the advisors in his court, always having uh, his spiritual discourses going on. He, he loved it so much. And uh, one time he met Ashtabhakra, and Ashtabhakra was a little boy. Mm-hmm. Ashtabhakra came in, it's like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. And his father, who was like one of the king's um, counselors, spiritual counselors, mm-hmm. was so embarrassed by his son. But then his son gave a teaching. The king was like, oh my God, who is this kid? This kid's the one. None of these people know. This boy knows the truth. He's speaking full of Ritambara. His words carry the force of the truth behind them. It's the boy with the Eight. Yeah, the eight ashta, eight bakra, like bakra tunda. His tusk is crooked. Bakra tunda, Ganesh, right? Bakra means crooked. Ashta bakra. Crooked. Yeah. So he's a dead, like cursing him to born with the eight. Yes. Right. His dad was cursed him to be born crooked. Because his dad was teaching him Vedas yes, and yes. philosophy while he was still in his mother's and, belly. And he told back. Yeah. Ashtabak, <laughs> before he was born, he corrected his father. <laughs> so obviously his father was not enlightened baby. because his father got afflicted by, by being corrected. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and afflicted to the point of cursing mm-hmm. his own son. It's the Yeah, it's coming for Three more poses. Uh, so Janaka went to the forest to study with Ashtabhakura. Mm-hmm. And he was climbing down off his horse. Mm-hmm. And Ashtabhakura gave him one instruction said, Stop everything. Mm-hmm. As he was climbing down. Middle, right? And yeah, he was in the middle of climbing down off the horse. And he stopped everything. He had his uh, sudden enlightenment experience mm-hmm. yeah, from that. Gen, gen. Yeah. So it's not the words. It's uh, it's the like in, in the Yoga Sutras they use the phrase "pratambara." Yes. So when the words are satya, you put the words in. You, you try to express it. You can't really express the ultimate mm-hmm. truth with words or limited. But the person who, who has awareness of what they're trying to express, yes. it carries the force of it. So the Yoga Sutra says the knowledge, ha- it bears the witness, it bears mm-hmm. the force of the rhythm, the ultimate, the, the true truth, even though it's being limited with the words. Mm-hmm. You know, and you see it's like if when you meet a, uh, a teacher that you... You listen to, and maybe you've heard the same thing so many times, but when they say it, it carries the force behind it. 
So and that, that's one of the meanings of the word guru. Literally, the word guru means heavy. They have the weight of litam behind them in their, their teaching. They carry a force behind them. So only somebody who has in touch with that can convey and have that force in their in their words. There's a uh, famous question. What is Buddha? Then that's a Buddha. What is Buddha? <laughs> Over my head. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what the uh, very enlightened uh, monk the disciple to oh. write them in life. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 right. So it only works yeah, yeah, yeah. at the right time by the right, right person, person to the right person. Yeah, right, gotcha. Yeah. So king like kings like Janaka, or King Janaka is famous for being an enlightened guru, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and the thing, right, he's praised also because he became enlightened while he was a king. And then while he was out there at that incident where his um, he had the, his sudden enlightenment experience, uh, he wanted to stay with Ashtabhakra. Mm -hmm. But Ashtabhakra said, no, 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 you have to go back because, oh, you know, to, to have an enlightened ruler is a very profound blessing mm -hmm. for the people. The... Like that can only happen, you know, if the the country, the people themselves have the right karma to to have an enlightened king. And I mean, it takes a lot of a lot of things have to be uh, in place for that to happen. Mm -hmm. The king himself has to have the blessing to become enlightened. And it, I mean, just to be a king, right, mm -hmm. is a, a lot of uh, karma involved. Um, and for the people to have a king, that's actually a good person. That's also you know, takes a lot of good karma. Uh, so Ashtabhakra told him he had to go back and, and rule as an enlightened king uh, and rule the country justly. Uh, so we have this this phrase loka samgraha. Loka samgraha. Samgraha means that you you the welfare, you, you look after keeping things. Graha means like holding together some graha so uh in other words you know for the for the welfare but literally it means like keeping things together some graha loka the world uh some graha keeping the world together so with that in mind some pashyan right you pasha is to see uh some pashyan so you keep that foremost in your mind this um welfare of keeping things together only for that purpose, eva api, eva api, for that sole purpose. Uh, you cartoon the works, arhasi, you should do. Uh, and then Krishna starts talking about this thing about examples. Uh, who's the one? All right, so therefore, keeping in mind the welfare of the world. We should also be like Janaka. We should, we should, you know, do our our duty. We should, 
we should devote ourselves to karma yoga. Like work in the world, take care of things, and try to purify ourselves of our selfishness, our short-sightedness. Uh, because like Krishna had told us that in the beginning when man was created, this was a, several verses back, Prajapati created man uh, in the spirit of giving with yajna. Uh, and he, he commanded man, he gave the advice, the sagely advice, you should also propagate, you should go uh, and spread and propagate in the spirit, in the same spirit that I made you, mm-hmm. not for any personal gain, but for taking care of things, mm-hmm. taking care of each other, taking care of the world that is sustaining you, that you're, you're part of the, the circle of life. You have to take care of the circle of life, take care of each other, and do everything in the spirit of yajna, the spirit of giving. Mm-hmm. And that, right, you purify yourself of your of your small desires, so you you have you becomes the wish fulfilling cow. Mm-hmm. Um, same. Same. Oh, uh, right. Of the, the creation yeah, 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 of the yeah, yeah. country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You have this in the your people. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. You, you go ahead and let the people be like manifesting, nourishing, and help each other. Yeah. And that way you always have what you need, is basically what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Not everything you want. But everything you need, that's the wish fulfilling cow. Because it only supplies what what you want to give to others, mm-hmm. to take care of others. And not not to spoil other people, but to take care of other people. Mm-hmm. Not to spoil yourself, but to take care of your life. That's the catch. Mm-hmm. We think, oh, I'm gonna have like the fancy computer and the red car is gonna be my wish fulfilling cow. I'm gonna be a billionaire and the CEO. Uh, only what you need. And that was another thing that really was profound to me that stood out about Yogananda's uh, commentary in here. Uh, and and I was thinking uh, uh, you, Christina, when he, he said, you know, when you when you become God conscious within yourself, uh, God tells you what to do. It's not like, like in a lot of the Buddhist teachings, there's an emphasis like, oh, if you just meditate, then you're being selfish. You need to go out and rescue people. And that's the higher path. So there's like, kind of, there's a hierarchy being taught in the Buddhist thing. And what Yogananda presented was like, oh, it was such, it was kind of like a relief to, to read it for me, to, that made sense of this of hierarchy between Hinayana and Mahayana. Mm-hmm. He said, God will tell you, if God tells you to stay meditating, then you stay meditating. If, otherwise, if God tells you to go out and you, and you teach or you do work in the world or whatever, 
that you go and do that because you're you at that point once you become connected you you're seeking guidance what to do the guidance is to remain meditating he then he further said that's also a blessing to living beings even if you stay in the cave meditating that that still has a positive effect on on creation it doesn't have to be like this formula presented yeah so i was really happy to read that it made a lot of sense and it's like a weight off my back so everybody follow their own uh inner sense of, of what their role in the play of creation is no right or wrong no right or wrong. Is that good? Once again, Yogananda comes to the, brings the raft to carry across the ocean of ignorance. You had you you were using flowers sutra? No, Avatamsaka sutra, I think is the flower sutra. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I don't know that. Basically, like, yeah, everyone's like small flower. Uh huh. Everybody's a flower. There's infinite number of flowers. Yeah. One person flowers. Okay, last one. Yadyada charati shreshtaha Tata deva Tata deve tarojanaha Yadyada charati shreshtaha Tata deve tarojanaha Sayat pramanam Kurute, Kurute, Locus, Tadadu Vartate, Sayat Pramanam, Kurute, Locus, Tadadu Vartate, Yad Yada Charati Shrestaha, Tadadeve Tarojanaha, Sayat Pramanam, Kurute, Lokas tadanu vartate yadyada charati shrestaha tadadeve tarojanaha sayat pramanam kurute lokas tadanu vartate Whatever the best person does, that alone common people follow. Whatever example he presents, the world adopts. Um, so didn't he, didn't he say back here, uh, wasn't there something about example already or is that the first mention of example? I've been reading too many of these verses. I can't keep them straight. Uh, no, hasn't said that yet. So this is his first mention of uh, example. 
But he mentioned, right? So Janaki, right? Follow the example of Janaki. And isn't there like another thing uh, that he said he works? Sorry, I'm getting the verses. Nobody's saying in 317, right? That this person who's establishing themselves has no sense of duty. He knows no sense of duty because they're just establishing themselves. So they're able to do whatever work is necessary for them. Uh, for them. Uh, so whatever that person does, the, the people who are, who are highly regarded. Sometimes, you know, the, we, <laughs> we put the, the population will put certain people up on a pedestal. Uh, and sometimes people end up like in a prominent position. So sometimes it's the people that put the person up there and sometimes it's the person manages to climb up themselves. Uh, but but uh, they become an example. Uh, uh, whatever they do, you know, and you know how people are, right? Uh, whenever they make a mistake, everybody, we're so quick to point out their mistakes. Um, so Krishna, Krishna is going to give himself as an example. It's basically what we're leading up to. So he's the ultimate, right? Being established in himself, not having anything to gain. Right? That was uh, one before, right? Nothing to gain. Uh, Man, I'm sorry, I'm getting so confused. I read so many of these yesterday and today. Such a person in 318, right, who's establishing themselves, that person has nothing to gain by doing anything, nothing to gain or lose by not doing anything. But they're not relying on anything. They're just, they're already perfect in the, within themselves. Um, so, that person, right, uh, they might be a good example. Uh, if they become a good example, right, they, they have to continue maintaining their good example because if anybody catches them making a mistake, right, because they're in such a prominent position, the people are going to go, oh, look what he did. <laughs> and then everybody else is going to be justified, you know, to also... Uh, given to their weaknesses, their short-sightednesses. Yeah. Uh, so it becomes a, a, a bigger responsibility. Uh, and that was one of the things that we talked about. If you remember when we talked, Krishna was counseling Arjuna about why he has to go to war because he's a role model for society. He's a hero for society. People look up to him and if he cowers down uh, from the war, then he's going to lose his uh, prominent position as a role model. People are going to lose their role model. And then they're also going to like see like, oh, this guy, he was a success. And then he just like cowered out. And now, you know, so that becomes their example. 
so this, he's talking about this again also. Whatever the best person does, or people who are in prominent positions, their behavior is also highly regarded or it put under the microscope <laughs> or, or inspired. But people are, are uh, common people will be more quick to point out the, the faults than to follow the example of the merits, the positive things. So it's very important that they, they maintain uh, the right example. That alone, common people follow. Ordinary people will copy. Uh, whatever that person does, whatever he presents in the world, uh, the world will adopt. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go over next week. Uh, but let me just kind of give a little preview to summarize the point here. Um, and then there's some interesting things to bring in from a few uh, detours on uh, uh, the three worlds and, and whatnot, because he makes a reference that nothing in the three worlds has not been done by me. There's nothing in the three worlds that, that hasn't been attained that, that's un, uh, by me. So, uh, so we're going to have some detours talk about what the three worlds, all the different things are represents. But uh, Krishna is give, putting himself, presenting himself as he is the ultimate um, role model or example that we should follow. Mm -hmm. And Krishna is the personification of the supreme absolute, is the nirguna, the, the everlasting, uh, creative, transcendental reality. Krishna is the personification of that. He's the sakuna with, with attributes, uh, manifestation of that. Um, the forces of, the cosmic forces, they never lapse, do they? The force of gravity never, there's not a moment throughout the span of history that since time immemorial, that gravity has ever lapsed in its function, that cosmic forces, they all, they're always there. And he, Krishna is the personification right, of the eternal supreme. So he's also like that. He, his, his, uh, when he says nothing throughout the three worlds that, that I haven't uh, had my hand in doing, is we're talking about like on the cosmic scale not uh, the person. The, but the, these, these forces of creation, they're, they don't lapse. And that's what he's putting forth as the example, try to be uh, as tireless as the cosmic forces, try to be as tireless as the, um, the, the divine life energies that sustain you. And through that, keep giving up your your littleness, your smallness, purifying. That's the process to bring you into the supreme. What was the Sanskrit? Param apnoti. Param apnoti. What was the last word? Param apnoti purusha. 
परमाति What do you say there, Christina? I should look at you up here at the camera, sorry. <laughs> Bring us back to number 321. I didn't hear what Alexis said. What are you referring to? Uh, she didn't hear what you said, she said. I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you ta you're talking about you're asking about 321 or are you asking about the any uh, any and all of it <laughs> because they all come together so and the next few ones they keep coming together and elaborating so i was that's why i kept mixing back and forth i mean i i I agree with it. I don't know what if there's something specific. I mean, it's it's. I will take your endorsement. <laughs> Very cool. I'm good, I'm good with it. So, okay. Uh, do the closing, and next week we'll start with uh, 22, and we'll see where Christian takes us on our journey. Huh? And off to the, the, we'll span the three worlds. Uh, let's try reciting the closing um, statement. Iti Shri Mad Bhagavad Gita Su Upanishad Su Brahma Vidyayam Yoga Shastre Shri Krishna Arjuna Sambade Karma Yoga Nama Om Swasti Prajabya Paripalayantam Nyayena Margina Mahim Mahishaha Go Brahmanibya Shibumasunityam Lokaha Samastaha Sukino Babantu Kale Varshatu Prajanyaha Pratiri Satishalani Desho Yang Shobritaha Ramana Santurivyaha Aputra Putrina Santu Putrina Santu Pautrinaha Adana Satana Santu Jeevantu Shadam Shatam Sarvesham Swastir Babatu Sarvesham Shantir Babatu Sarvesham Purnam Babatu Sarvesham Mangalam Babatu Sarve Babantu Sukhinaha Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu 